Blog Talk Radio. It's 8 a.m. on the East Coast, United States. We're broadcasting to you today from North Central, West Virginia. Before we get into the Word of God, let's go to prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you today, Lord, that we can one more time come to you to the throne of grace, asking you today that you would anoint this broadcast for your for your glory, that your word will not come back void, but to do that, do that what you sent it to do. We ask you, Lord, that every individual that hears this broadcast today would see you. Lord, let the flesh die and let your spirit arise today and just have your holy, your divine way. You see every situation, every circumstance, every individual today, Lord, and we ask you to move upon them, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Bring deliverance, Father, to a lost and to a dying world. That's why you sent your son, and that's who we're going to preach about, Lord, is your son. We ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Talking yesterday about, we're going to continue on today in life in the spirit. This is part two. It was in the book of Acts talking about the outpouring of the spirit, the Holy Ghost that was promised by our Lord and Savior. And we know today the Bible says, not by power, not by might, but by your spirit, saith the Lord. And the Holy Ghost, God's ambassador today to a lost and to a dying world, who Jesus promised he would send back and endue his church with power. And the Bible declares that there's two lives we can live. We can live in the flesh or we can live in the spirit. Now, the Holy Ghost certainly is for the redemption of the soul, for regeneration. But the Holy Spirit also helps us live our life for God towards our sanctification, our setting apart. Uh, He is our helper, the one who leads us and guides us and all of the truth of Jesus Christ. The Bible says when the Holy Ghost comes, he will point to Jesus Christ. He said he will speak of me. If you don't know it, I'm sure many do today, but uh, Jesus is Lord. He's the soon coming king. There's coming a time and an hour. When Jesus Christ will rule from Jerusalem with a rod of iron, where all dominion and all power will be put down, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of God and his Christ. The scepter shall not depart from the tribe of Judah. So he is king of kings and lord of lords. He's the ultimate. He's the almighty. He's the I am. So the sooner we get that in our spirit, that there's none other but him, that there's only one way, then 
the more we can set our faith towards his finished work. The, the ploy or the wiles, the Bible calls of the enemy, is to destroy your faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For you must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that seek him with diligence, without faith. Faith is something we don't see. We are justified by faith. We call those things as though they were. The unseen that we cannot tangibly get a hold of, but that we believe are as true as the very thing we're looking at right now, as true. The Bible declares that because Abraham believed God, he was counted unto him as righteousness. So we started off yesterday, and we're going to read that verse again, and we're going to continue on in verse 6 of the book of Romans. But Romans 8, therefore, now there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Therefore, now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus because they walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. We spoke yesterday, the word condemnation means a verdict, a adverse sentence that we are proven guilty. And the only thing that makes us not guilty is the blood of Jesus Christ. And we discovered yesterday and we talked that the flesh is our own ways, that which we have conjured in our own minds. Self-help. There's so much of that today in society where self-help books are self-help. And you know, a lot of people say, well, the Bible says God helps those that help themselves. I've, I've never read that. But our total dependence on Jesus Christ. Yes, we occupy. We do what we need to do. We, we put our foot forward and our footsteps are ordered of the Lord. We don't sit around in a corner waiting for God to do this and do that. We, we, we move. The Bible says we live and have our being in Jesus Christ. But our ultimate victory is through the finished work of Jesus Christ. So there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. We left off yesterday in Romans 6, verse 9, talking about believers being dead to sin through the finished work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in verse 9, it says, Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dies no more. Death have no more dominion over us. Christ being raised from the dead means that his work that he done was finished and there's nothing else required to save men. There's nothing you can do. You can't do enough penance. Prayer and fasting is certainly biblical and it is a discipline and we need to practice, but even your prayer and your fasting cannot help you in that realm except for obedience. And the Bible says some things come not less through prayer and fasting. They are things that we need to do. But our faith in Jesus Christ is, gives us the ultimate victory 
over sin, which is our nemesis, our enemy. We have a sin problem. Now, a lot of people don't want to talk that, because especially some of the older people in the church, and I'm one of them, we think that we can get in on our holiness and our longevity. And because we've served God for so many years, but that doesn't really mean anything. It's still, when we die, our faith has to be in Jesus Christ and his finished work. Paul said, I have run this race. I have kept the faith. Jesus said, those that endure to the end shall be saved. Knowing that Christ, who was raised from the dead, dies no more. Because death hath no more dominion over him. And if it has no more dominion over him, it has no more dominion over us. Paul said that when we have our faith in Jesus Christ, that death has no sting and the grave has no victory. The word of God. Written by inspiration. As Paul wrote. Why? Has death been defeated? What that that's the final victory. Death has no victory over us because our sins, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, the, 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 these are simple things, but yet people don't realize that this is the basis of our salvation is our faith in Jesus Christ and what He did. All sin has been atoned for. Because Christ is our substitute. He took our sin. So if death has no more power over him, then certainly death has no more dominion over me and you because the power of sin or the sin nature has been broken at the cross. Not in our self-help, not in our will, not in going to do better because we can't do better. Paul said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? We're going to talk about that. In Acts 2.24, Peter said, Whom God hath raised up, having loosed, listen, the pains of death. Dying without God is not pleasurable. Dying without God, dying without Jesus Christ is not a good thing. Bible declares no uncertain terms if we die without Jesus Christ that our destiny is out of darkness. Bible declares there's a place where there's weeping and wailing, my God, and gnashing of teeth where the canker worm never dies. I don't hear that preached a lot anymore because a lot of people don't want to talk about hell and the results of sin. There is a result for pre meditated and willful sin. If you sin, the Bible says, premeditated, and you do it because you want to, there remains no more sacrifice. Because it was not possible, he said, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. So he's won our victory. In the book of Revelation, John penned, as Jesus spoke, Revelation 1.18, I am he that lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen, listen, and have, or let it be, and have the keys of hell and of death. 
Who has the keys? Who held it before? That would be Satan. When Adam committed high treason in the garden, the keys were given over to Satan. The power and authority of death was given over to Satan. But now through the cross, the Bible declares he took he took captivity captive. And he said, I am he that lives. That's forever. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of so the Christian has victory over death, hell, and the grave. We don't have to experience the end result of sin if we know Jesus Christ. If you reject him, sin was judged at the cross. But if you reject that judgment that was put on Jesus Christ and you reject him, then you have to take the judgment yourself. You have to pay for it yourself. For the wages of sin is death. See, there's wages. There's recompense. There's outfall, fallout from the sin that we commit. Back to Romans chapter 6, verse 10. For in that he died. Who died? Jesus Christ. He died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he lives unto God. The necessary substitute, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. God's plan to once again restore fellowship and reconcile man back to himself is Jesus Christ. For he was crucified from the foundation of the world. He died in sin. And he lives in the resurrection. And he lives unto God. All life comes from God. And we receive that life by the finished work of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I come to give you life. And I come to give you life more abundant. For the thief cometh but to kill and destroy. But I have come. The offer is there. It's on the table, so to speak. We're living under the age of mercy and grace. You can receive him today as the Holy Spirit unctions you and guides you and and pulls you. Do not reject the Holy Spirit. Don't reject the pull of the Holy Ghost. Offering you a better way. Offering you a way out. So many in the world today are trapped their lives, their past, worrying about their future and the present, doing anything to numb their minds, that they don't have to deal with their failures or whatever it might be. There's only one way to deal, and that's through Jesus Christ. There's only one that can take sin away. There's only one that can bring restoration, that can bring peace. Not as the world gives it, he says, but as I. There's no peace in the world. There's not a book written by a man, a, 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 a doctrine created by a man, a self-help book written by a man. Oh, it might bring a, a, a little relief for time, but the longevity of it won't last. Because flesh and blood can't save you. Men's ways and writings and doctrines 
and isms and schisms can do nothing for us. It says in verse 11, Likewise, reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. There we see this life. <clears throat> that word is Zoe, the life of God. Many people say, well, this is the life. You should be showing years ago called the life of Riley. <laughs> well, you got to be able to remember that. But it's only life through Jesus Christ. She said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Everything else is just pure existence that uh, for a time and for a season with no substance. There's only life in Jesus Christ and death and everything else. You say, well, that's a strong statement. No, that's the truth. You're being closed-minded. No, that's what the Bible says. That he is the only way unto life. Zoe. A God kind. The life that God has planned for us. So he says, take account. That though you were dead, deed unto sin, but now you are alive unto God through Jesus Christ. We are dead to our capacity, capacity to sin. And it's all in all, it's called a sin nature. But when we put our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, then we live unto God. It's called the resurrection life. We follow him. We died with him and we are resurrected with him because he died, we die. And because he lives, we live. See, there's coming a resurrection of the saints, that every individual that has died and went on to be with God and are lying in graves today, declares in First Corinthians chapter 15 that there is a resurrection coming. And that same spirit that brought Jesus out of the grave is the same spirit that's going to bring those saints out of the grave. So we have resurrection life promised. We have this promise of a change in the twinkling of an eye, the Bible says. You say, when? I don't know when. But the Bible says it, and it's going to happen. It's going to be a, a lot of noises in graveyards one of these days. The tombstones and the vaults are going to be removed. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those that are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air to be with Jesus Christ forever. In 1 Peter 2.24, Peter wrote, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body. Read that again. He bear our sins in his own body on the tree or the cross that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. He bore our sins so that we don't have to Pay the price for sin. 
and the price for sin is death. The Bible declares that there are those that will experience a second death. Death number one is death in this body, in this flesh, and the second death is to being cast away from the presence of God. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, because I know you not. What a sad day at the white throne. Pointed unto man wants to die. We're all heading that way. And then the judgment. And all of us are going to be judged. Either at the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, or the white throne, the one you don't want to be at. Well, he will separate, he says. And he will condemn, and he will pass sentence. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, because I knew you not. Verse 12 start talking a little bit about sanctification that's living for God we are redeemed regenerated by the blood of Jesus Christ but while we walk on the face of there we must have power to live for God because sin and temptation will not leave you it's going to be in your face until you're out of here all of us we face it every day James said, blessed are those that endure the temptation in their lives. Peter said, think it not strange of the fiery trials. Beware of the wiles of the devil, the many uh, weapons that he has formed against us. But the Bible says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper if we are in Christ Jesus. There again, it's so important to be in Christ. Well, I joined the church. That's good. But are you in Christ? I was baptized. That's good. But are you in Christ? I shook the preacher's hand. That's all well and good. But are you in Christ? Have you accepted Jesus Christ? Churches and preachers and denominations and religious organizations cannot save you. That's so many today that we're the one and onlys. And all they do is push their doctrine. It's religion. Hellish religion. Which is destroying people. Preach Jesus Christ and preach him crucified. There's one church. One. On this rock I shall build my church in the gates of hell and I prevail against it which I have purchased with my own blood. And he's the head of it. I see no divisions in the word of God. Sorry. So he says in verse 12, still in Romans chapter 6, let not sin, listen, therefore reign or rule in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. This is talking about the pull of the world. Let not sin, or the nature that we have to sin, the capacity that we have to sin. It wants to rule in your mortal, mortal, there's the key, the fallen part of us, the mortal body. 
So this shows us that the believer has the capacity to sin and fail, and we do. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and true to forgive our sins. He doesn't expect us to lie in the cesspool of sin. The righteous will fall 70 times, and the righteous will get up 70 times. That's not us being righteous. We get up in his righteousness. So we have two paths, the straight and the narrow, the wide that leads to destruction. We make choices every day, chooses this day. So we, so we have within us, <coughs> excuse me, Capacity, capacity to sin. We can sin if we choose to. People say, "Well, I'm sanctified." Now, that's an ongoing thing. That is an ongoing battle. What did Paul say? I die daily. Daily. So he says, "There's a chance." Sin could, it, if we allow it, to reign in our mortal body. The lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross to them that perish, foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. What a statement. It is the power of God. Think about that today. Power of God. To the world, it's Foolishness. It's just a bunch of religious stuff. It doesn't mean anything. What's it mean, the old rugged cross? Well, to us that are saved, it's the power of God. It's our source. It's our hope. It's the finished work of Jesus Christ. Verse 13, Romans 6. Neither yield... There's choices here. Ye, your members, as instruments of unrighteousness. That's so possible that we do, that we can. Unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as the instruments of righteousness unto God. Don't yield your members or that which is in your mortal body. As instruments, if we're if we're yielding our members of instruments, then that's not of God. So who who's it of? Okay. But yield yourselves unto God, and we yield to Him by faith in Jesus Christ. The way. Because the Bible declares, he says, he says, as those who are alive from the dead, that we are living in the newness of life. The old man has taken a trip. 
and the new man now should reign in our mortal body. Not that we won't fail. Not that we won't be tempted. Not that we won't battle and fight sin. We're going to battle and fight that until we're out of here. But there's victory over this in Jesus Christ and his finished work. So he says, yield your members as instruments of righteousness unto God through the righteousness of Christ. And this is only done by putting our faith in Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. Luke 9, verses 23 and 24, very familiar scripture. And he said unto them, if any man, Jesus speaking, if any man will come after me or follow me, let him deny himself or his own ways, his own strength, men's religion. See, if we practice our own ways, that's rebellion against the way of God. And the Bible says rebellion is as a spirit of witchcraft, and witchcraft is the religion of fallen men. The Greek for witchcraft is pharmakeia, where we get the word pharmacy, which means it's manipulated. I'm not preaching against medicine, but in the spiritual realm, it's a way of manipulation. It's men trying to circumvent the ways of God. We find this in Genesis chapter 11 in the plains of Shinar when a man named Nimrod tried to circumvent and go in a different direction and, and, and establish his own ways himself. What will happen? Luke 9, 23 and 24, he said unto them, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily, or his faith in Jesus Christ, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. No longer in ourselves. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. See the opposites? The complete yielding men, basically men, men. Men, men have this horrible problem of yielding to something greater than themselves. The macho man. See, I don't need help from anybody. Okay. Well, I've been around a long time, and I've seen a lot of men, and myself included, that's needed help from God. And every day I need help from him, and so do you. I can't do this by myself, neither can you. The old song says, I can't even walk. I'm holding my hand. So if you save your life, you're going to lose it. In other words, you're going to come out of yourself. You're going to put your faith in Jesus Christ. You're going to cast your cares upon him. He's going to be Lord of your life. And through him, and through him only is salvation. Verse 14, Romans 6. For sin, for the sin nature, shall not have dominion over you. That's what Paul wrote. For ye are not under the law. What did we say the law did? It showed us sin. Law is the schoolmaster. Jesus come to not destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. Make it possible for me and you to keep the law only through him. It's the law of a thrice holy God. It's God's commandments, not suggestions. Read Isaiah 6 of the experience 
the calling of Isaiah when he saw the Lord high and lifted up and he trained to fill the temple. The Bible says he's holy, holy, holy. And without that holiness, no man shall see God. Now I ask you a question. Can me and you be holy that way? In our flesh? No. We are the righteousness of Jesus Christ. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Remember, sin's our problem. Everything goes back to sin. We get the victory over sin and everything else will fall in line. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all of its righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. Set your affections on things above rather than on things below. For sin shall not have dominion over you for ye are not under the law but under grace. So sin will not have dominion as long as we keep our faith in Jesus Christ. And this law, that's any law. That's Ten Commandments, and that's any man-made law. Legalism. The spirit of religion. I've seen it. You do these ten things, and you're going to be all right. Your sanctification comes through your own son. No, we can't sanctify ourselves. The Bible says, the word of God does say sanctify yourself. That's yielding to Jesus Christ. The sanctifier, the Spirit of God that sanctifies us. But we live under grace. And the grace flows to the believer when we have our faith in Jesus Christ. He's the author of grace and mercy. In Romans 5.18, therefore, by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Talk about Adam. Even so, by the righteousness of one by Jesus Christ. The free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. So this is probably the key verse in this chapter. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're not under the law, but under grace. So rather than being slaves to sin, we are to be bond servants or slaves to Jesus Christ. Dulos, that we are willing to give our lives completely over to him. Until he's in complete control of your life, you'll not have victory. How long shall you be halted between two opinions, the prophet said. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. For the man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back, he's not worthy of the kingdom of God. So we can't be double-minded. Double-mindedness makes us unstable. Okay, verse 15, Romans chapter 6. What then? Shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace, God forbid. Now, shall we willfully sin and state that grace got its cover? Got its cover. What did Paul say? God for so grace 
according to the scripture, does not give us the right to sin. The grace of God gives us the liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty to live a life toward God, a holy life, only through, once again, the faith in Jesus Christ. So grace is not a license to sin against God. He says, God forbid. Now, if you are a believer and you sin, and you have since you believed, then you hate that sin. If you enjoy sin, there might be a problem. Sin brings condemnation, but there's no condemnation to those in Jesus Christ. I mean, it can be forgiven. You can get up and dust yourself off and go on. God is the God of the first, the second, the third. He's got all kinds of chances. He'll always abide with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll deal with you. He'll help you if you call on his name and put your faith in the proper thing. And the idea of being bound by sin to the believer should shake us. So we can't just go out here and live a life of sin and expect grace to cover it. Okay. Verse 16. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey his servants you are to whom you obey whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. We, we, we see a dividing line here. We see a choice. We either a slave to Christ that's what the word servant means. Or else we're a slave to sin. There's no in between. Either Christ rules our lives, God help us today. Or sin rules our lives. See, that's the problem. You say, well, we need to get preacher so and so. He'll fire up a revival. Now, you know, revival is going to start when the church repents. The first seven letters. The first thing Jesus did in the book of Revelation was write to the church. Seven letters to seven churches of Asia. He told the church at Ephesus, he said, I have some. Oh, you're doing a lot of stuff right, but you've lost or left your first love. You didn't lose it, you left it. So the bottom line is, where are we today? What are we slaves to? What rules our lives? What motivates us? What direction? Who is ordering our footsteps today? God help us. Holy Spirit doing this? Are we led astray by something else? Well, God tempted me, James says, that God's not tempted with evil. That we are led aside by our own lust or the sin nature within us. See, this is a hard truth, but it's the truth. You're saying that the church has sin in it? Yes. And the Bible says, in judgment must first begin. At the house of God. No matter how you interpret that, that's what it says. The judgment must begin at the house of God. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, what's the end of the wicked? 
So he says, we can obey Jesus Christ, or we can obey sin. We can be bound by one or the other. The believer, we are required to obey the word of the Lord. We cannot do this in our own strength. And through Jesus Christ alone, and through his finished work, can he give us the strength and the power over sin? Behold, he says, I give you power over all power of the devil. Verse 17, Romans 6. But God be thanked that ye were the servants, you were, past tense, the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. We were slaves to sin, the sin nature for we were saved. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine. What doctrine? The doctrine of Jesus Christ and him crucified. The foundation of the church. Is the doctrine of Jesus Christ. If a man preaches any other than Jesus Christ, the Bible says, let him be accursed. The Bible says, there will be many come to preach many Jesuses. Lo, they will say, I am here. And lo, I am there. But he said, go not deception. Take heed that no man deceive you, Matthew 24. The first thing he told his disciples about the end time, take heed that no man deceive you. That men will go about to establish their own righteousness. Love of many shall grow cold. Iniquity shall abound. All these things are here now. All things come to us by our faith in Jesus Christ. And the doctrine here is the doctrine that Paul preached. Paul preached grace, mercy. He, he preached the cross. Mysteries. He was in Arabia, the Bible says, and there he was taught. He wrote most of the New Testament. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. Now, we always are caused to triumph in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Verse 18, Romans 6. Being then made free from sin. Though so it's possible to be free from sin. Ye become the servants of righteousness. So sin has no more power over us through our faith in Christ. We were formerly a slave. You know that. I know that. To sin. But now we are now a slave to righteousness and the, the Holy Ghost will pull us towards righteousness there's a drawing draw me Lord and I'll come running after you unless the Holy Ghost draws us and unctions us then we have no power in John eight thirty two, he shall know the truth and the truth shall make you. Romans 8, 2, 
For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. You see the spiritual laws that are in place? And the spiritual world has to hear to them. At the death of Jesus Christ, things change in the spiritual realm. All dominion, all powers given unto him. He defeated the powers of darkness at the cross. Like it or not, Satan is a defeated foe. I said yesterday, we're not trying to win a victory over him. The victory has already been won over him. We are trying to walk in the victory that's already been accomplished at the cross by the blood of Jesus Christ. For the law of the spirit of life. Remember, that's the title of this, Life in the Spirit. In Christ Jesus, only in Christ Jesus have made us free from the law of sin and death. A set law. The wages of sin is death. Romans 6, verse 9. I'm sorry, 19. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. Wow. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanliness and to iniquity, Unto iniquity, to uncleanness, and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants, to righteousness, unto holiness. See, we have a choice here. Once again, we have a choice. Choose you this day. I speak after the manner of men. That means the fall. And the fall made the flesh weak. This speaks of our own going about to establish our own rights to do things and <clears throat> religious things, penance, whatever it might be, to try to serve God in our own strength and our own ability. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanliness, which the believer will do if we don't look at the right thing. We don't keep our faith in Christ. And to iniquity unto iniquity. In other words, that's the increase in iniquity. Sin will abound. In our lives, we read in the, in the scriptures about those who are set free from unclean spirits. And the Bible says these unclean spirits go in a dry place and they come back and they find the temple garnished. They were garnished, be decorated. <laughs> then they will come in, but the Holy Ghost doesn't take presence in the life and fill the individual. They will come in and bring seven of their friends, or their, and 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 they'll be seven times worse. The first, the last state will be worse than the first state. That's a spiritual law, also. But now he says, "Yield your members, servants, to righteousness, the righteousness of Christ that was established two thousand years ago." When his perfect Lamb of God sacrificed for all mankind. Verse 20. For when ye were servants of sin, or slaves to sin, you were free from righteousness. This is for conversion. Matthew 6 24 says, No man can serve two masters. <laughs> Either will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. Verse 21. 
What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Those things were sin. When we're sinners, we, we weren't ashamed of our sin. We, matter of fact, people bragged about their sin. And people still do brag about what they do, their inconsistencies, their their sins that they commit. People wear it as a badge of honor if they don't know Christ. But once you come in contact with Christ, there's a guilt thing that goes on. And the only thing that can remove that guilt is the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, there's no condemnation or guilt or an adverse verdict to those that put their faith in Christ, who walk not after the flesh. We need to get this. What fruit had ye then in those things, whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Hmm. Nothing of good value, nothing good can come out of sin. Nothing. Just death. Physical death, of course, but mainly spiritual death and separation from God. But our destiny is not in God. Jeremiah twelve thirteen. They have sown wheat, listen, but shall reap thorns. They have put themselves to pain, but shall not profit. And they shall be ashamed of your revenues because of the fierce anger of the Lord. Capitalize Jehovah. Terrible thing to be in the hands of an angry God. Jonathan Edwards preached sinners in the hands of an angry God. They've sown wheat, but reaped thorns. They put themselves to pain, went through religious shenanigans, so to speak, but didn't prosper. Yet they shall be ashamed. The only thing that takes away our shame and our guilt, uh, God help us today, is Jesus Christ. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? And we say, oh, that's mind, body, soul, and spirit. We are renovated. We are, we are renewed through Jesus. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, death by sin, so, and so death pass upon all men, for all have sinned. We're all born with a death sentence. The only thing of our test, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you say, well, you say that a lot. That, that's the truth. Look unto him today. Look unto him. Verse 22, Romans 6. But now being made free, is that word again, from sin, and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness, and the end is everlasting life. Wow. Things have changed. We're no longer slaves to sin. That means we're not going to die. But now, since we've come to Christ, being made free from sin, or set free from the influence of the sin nature, we become slaves to God. And our fruit unto holiness. And the end is everlasting life. We choose. We choose. We choose. Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty talks about the yoke of Christ's light. My yoke is light. Come unto me, you heavy laden and labor. Cast all your cares upon me. Trust in me. Take in me. 
verse 23, last verse in Romans 6. We'll, we'll, we'll quit there next time. We'll go to chapter 7. For the wages of sin is death, <laughs> but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Oh, that's a spiritual law. No, you're not going to get away. You're not going to get away from that. Of course, it speaks of spiritual death, which is separation from God. The second death we talked about. But the gift of God through Jesus Christ. For God so loved this world, this world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ was crucified from the foundation of the world. Matthew twenty five forty six says, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto life eternal. Romans five twenty one, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign unto righteousness, unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans eight thirty nine nor height, nor depth, or any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I hope we get the point today. Sin's our problem. Jesus Christ addressed sin at the cross. God addressed sin at the cross through Jesus Christ. Sin, according to what Jesus Christ did at the cross, had no dominion and power over us. And we choose. We see the, we, we see the process of choice in this chapter. We can choose what direction we're going to go. But in Christ, we're no longer the servants of sin. But we are the servants and our fruit unto holiness and the end, our end result, our end result will be and is everlasting life. Only through Jesus Christ. We need to ponder these scriptures. Meditate on these scriptures. The Bible says to search out your own salvation with trembling and with are we in Christ or are we motivated and carried away by something else? Are we simply going through the motions? Are we just churchgoers? Those that fill pews and put money in offering plates and think we're doing right? Well, I go to church or I do this or I was baptized when I was three or four or five. That's good. But do you know Jesus Christ? <laughs> he says, I might know you. That I might know you in the power of your resurrection. That I might know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. The song says, do you know him today? Please don't turn him away. He's the only antidote for sin. The only one that can establish your destiny and put you on the right track and your end result be good, which is ever Lasting life through Christ Jesus. Do you know him? The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God Almighty raised him from the dead, and I say this every day, but this is what the Bible says to do. Believe upon the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Call upon the name of the Lord, and you shall be saved. Make a conscious decision to turn, to turn to go in another direction. I'm going to read you what the scripture said in Romans 10, 10, or Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised, hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
For the scriptures say, if whosoever believe on him shall not be ashamed. For there's no difference between the Jew or the Greek. The same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And when they shall call on him in whom they believe, and how they shall believe on him in whom they have not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? You've heard the word of God this morning. you got a choice. There's two directions we're going. Death or life. Everlasting death, everlasting punishment, or everlasting life. The Zoe life of God. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we ask you that your spirit will deal with all of us. And the psalmist David said, said search me, O Lord. <laughs> Whatever you find in me not pleasing, remove it. God help us today. Lord, what a horrible what, what what a horrible thing it'll be. To hear the words depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, I knew you not. Cast ye out in the outer darkness. It's what the Bible says, Lord. It's what it says. And I know that today. Oh God, keep us what you said you would do. Let us yield ourselves unto you, Father. Let's put our complete trust in you. Save the lost today, God. Let the light come on through your spirit. Bring them out of addiction, whatever it might be. Bring them out of anything, condemnation, mental torment. God, touch those today that are mentally tormented in their minds. Show them your light. Give them hope today in the name of Jesus. Heal the sick by your stripes today. He was chastised for our peace of mind. We ask these things in Jesus' name. You said in your word you wouldn't that none would perish, but that each and every one would come unto everlasting life. And that's through your finished work and what you did 2,000 years ago. And we, our faith is on that today. Our faith is kept. And our eyes are upon you today. That you'll carry us unto the end. And we'll hear the words, enter in, my good, my faithful servant, under the joys of the Lord. Eye has not seen, there's not heard what you have prepared for those that believe you. God, shake us. Shake the unsaved today. Lord, and shake the saved today. No, we can't we can't be drawn into a Laodosian lifestyle, be laid back. That there's a fervency that needs to be stirred up in the house of God. Let it begin. Let it begin by us repenting and doing our first works over. We thank you that you're going to save, you're going to deliver, you're going to set free, and you're going to heal. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. Next time we'll continue on with chapter 7, Life in the Spirit. God bless till next time. This has been Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom on Christian Survival Radio. Our email address is truthintheword777 at gmail.com. May God bless each and every one of you. Keep looking up, for Jesus is coming soon.